My name is Patricia Kathleen, and this podcast series will contain interviews I conduct with women, female-identified, and non-binary individuals regarding their professional stories and personal narrative as it relates to their perspective. This podcast is designed to hold a space for all individuals to learn from their counterparts, regardless of age, status, or industry. We intend to transparently investigate the evolving global dialogue regarding underrepresented figures in all industries across the USA and abroad. By hosting these stories and conversations, we aim to contribute to the changing platform and representation of these individuals for the future. If you are enjoying this podcast series, be sure to check out our subsequent series called Roundtable with Patricia Kathleen, where we talk with a panel of guests regarding key topics that arise in these individual interviews. You can subscribe to all of our podcast series on iTunes, Stitcher, or Podbean, as well as our website, patriciacathleen.com. You can also contact me directly via this website or through my media website, wild.agency. That's W-I-L-D-E dot agency. Thanks for listening. Now let's start the conversation. and welcome back. This is your host, Patricia, and today I'm sitting down with Christiana Tarnuser. She's the founder of The Cause Bar. You can find it on www.thecausebar.com. Welcome, Christiana. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to get into um, The Cause Bar. I think it's a a fantastic um, company, but before we uh, do that, before I start peppering you with questions, for everybody listening, a quick roadmap of today's podcast We're going to look at Christiana's academic background and early professional life. Then we'll turn to unpacking the cause bar. We'll get into the logistics of who, what, when, where, why, and how. And then we'll get into some of the more philosophical endeavors, the ethos um, and the the impetus for launching the company. And then we'll get into the goals that she has for the next three years regarding scaling, expansion, branding, and uh, maybe other goals tied within that. We'll wrap everything up with advice that Christiana has over um, the over has garnered over the past five to ten years of her professional life, as well as people who are looking to get involved in what she's doing or just to emulate some of her success. A quick bio before I start peppering Christiana with questions. Um, for two decades, Christiana has been immersed in the social impact and lifestyle sectors providing strategic guidance and marketing for global brands and movements. With this knowledge and foundation, Christiana launched The Cause Bar in 2018, a platform integrating digital and in-person touch points for social giving. 2020 marks a powerful shift to a new offering from The Cause Bar, Set the Bar, a referral-based program designed to cultivate and ignite an authentic personal mission and method to giving for aspiring philanthropists ready to elevate their impact. So I'm so excited to get into this. Um, I think that 2020 is an absolute uh, year towards looking at social impact, ramifications, ripple effects, and things of that nature, Christiana. Before we get into those things, can you um, kind of give us a brief overview of your academic background and early professional life following that? Sure. Um, Well, my um, degree comes from the University of Delaware, where I focused on communications. Um, And from there, I I come from the East Coast. So I was uh, born and raised in New Jersey and then relocated to New York City and um, started my career there. Um, 
started off on the agency side and then moved into business development, marketing, um, brand strategy roles. And um, just as you kind of re referenced earlier, these have been for, you know, major agencies managing very large accounts and really um, to startups and um, to really helping the emerging brands have a voice in often crowded spaces. And that's something that, um, you know, that throughout my career, I just, you know, always really gravitated towards, you know, teamwork and working, um, you know, with other, you know, brilliant minds and collaborating on how to get, you know, really how to identify what it is that, you know, our partner was trying to communicate to the audience and do it in, a, in the most strategic, powerful way. Um, so, you know, and, and it very much brings me to where I am today in terms of, you know, loving that collaboration and really identifying a voice um, and giving a platform to, um, to what now has become for, you know, individuals and, and members um, of the Cog Bar and Set the Bar. So. Did you work with multiple companies after graduation? Did you kind of um, pepper out industry or did you stay in like one kind of specific industry or genre? Yeah, um, it was always lifestyle um, and social impact brands. So, um, you know, it spanned everything from work with Habitat for Humanity and Heifer International was a lot of the, um, you know, non nonprofit and um, and pro bono um, NGO sector work that we worked on. Um, a lot of also kind of spanned into the wellness and the lifestyle, travel, um, hospitality was a lot of my focus. And then most recently when I was at WebMD for three and a half years, um, obviously the focus was very much on health and wellness, but more in a proactive approach mm -hmm. versus reactive. And, um, and that was really exciting for me because it was, it was taking, um, you know, kind of the traditional approach of WebMD, which was, you know, solving again in a reactive way on um, conditions and um, disease um, that people often came to do the research on WebMD for. for. For my work, it was very much in taking a proactive approach to um, many different sectors of health and um, also a lot of, you know, mental health um, awareness and right. through a lot of the organizations that we worked with um, that focused on that. Yeah, and I will say as a side note, um, I'm a wild fan of WebMD and have, I think, I feel like I was one of their beta users, but <laughs> what I love about it is uh, the most I hear, and a great deal, I will say I have at least a dozen friends that are doctors all the way from podiatrists up to psychiatrists, and um, I adore them deeply, and I love medicine, both Eastern and Western, and um, everything in between. However, what I will say is one of their favorite lines, it must have been taught at, web, at medical school, but their favorite lines is, don't research this. Do not <laughs> diagnose yourself online. And it's so draconian. You know, yeah. this monopoly on knowledge, on medical knowledge is, is dark ages. It's ridiculous. Yeah. It's only yeah. the, you know, the priest speaking Latin. It's ridiculous. It's, I so I love WebMD because I think information and education is always good, particularly when it's accurate you know, and fact-checked. And so I have to say that it's been one of my most favorite. And so I can't imagine um, working there in, in a branding capacity would have been anything other than thrilling. I'm curious when um, you talk about, you know, working from everything from major brands to startups before we drop into the cause bar, I'm wondering, I always 
like to ask people who've worked with such a vast array of companies, um, are there common threads of um, things, either advice, things people or companies have done wrong or things that people have done right? Between those two, you have a startup that's kind of everywhere and frenetic, and then you also have these very graduated, you know, um, sophisticated and refined brands that are doing things. Do you mm -hmm. find that there's like, I always picture these top three or five things that, you know, that people are walking around with these golden nuggets that everyone should be considering with branding? Mm, well, I think especially for the established ones is to always be open to evolvement. And even though, you know, there's been, you know, the tried and true that they have done for years, I think it's very important to, you know, work off of that structure, but, um, but be able to be flexible and to evolve as needed, because otherwise you're just, you're not going to make it. Um, and in terms of, you know, and then kind of like to balance that, I would say for the, the startups that I've worked in a lot of times, what I was establishing was that foundation and kind right. of that structure that could kind of pave the road that they can um, then that we can identify and, you know, and really, you know, uh, you know, stay aligned with the vision. Um, and, and the nice thing about startups is you're able to test a lot of things um, with not as much risk in the game. Um, but it's then, you know, working off of what's, what's really been successful through those tests. And um, so, yeah, it's really been about like <laughs> defining the structure and the foundation for the startups and kind of getting them to kind of pull in and reel in and focus. But for the, the established brands, it's being able to, you know, stay open and stay flexible and stay adaptable. Yeah, I feel like social media and with the advent of social media and the platforms over the past decade um, would have really redefined what branding was mm -hmm. and um, and the, not just the utility and the change of the um, the platforms and things of that nature, but actually like what branding is, you know, one's personal brand being very much so in cases married to one's professional brand and things of that nature. Did you find as a professional over the past decade, decade and a half that you had to really shift or um, kind of change your perception as to the tools or how you came at clients? Um, well, yes, I think we always had to evaluate what was really going to best work for our clients. I mean, there was everything, as you said, from social media to influencer marketing, to mobile, to, AI to, you know, virtual reality and, you know, all of these different um, channels that, you know, it was, it was so important to, you know, to first kind of show the opportunity to, again, those that might have felt a little bit more like, mm, I don't know if we do that. Um, and really to kind of, to say, like to encourage and to build that trust to say, you know, you know, let's, let's, let's try this. Um, so yeah, I mean, we were always evaluating all different, all different tools and really just coming up with the best kind of concoction and menu of items, um, whether that was multiple or just one um, that was going to best work for our clients. Yeah, I love it. I think that, and it's maybe it's because I haven't been a branding expert for 25 years, but I think, you know, the more tools, the merrier, you know, I think that it allows people to kind of fine tune as and long it, as the messaging stays consistent across, you know, as long as, 
you know, if somebody, you know, is watching you on social media or if they're watching, if they opened up a magazine and saw you there, they saw you on TV, um, that they always can kind of feel like this is coming from X brand. And there's that consistent kind of experience for the user, the consumer, the viewer, the customer, whoever it might be. Um, it's important for them to kind of, you know, to, to you know, really relate to that consistent um, voice. Yeah, I mean, and, and there's more difficulty, right? Because when you have this isolated product or service, you can kind of create this very insulary brand where, you know, it's, it's, it's spoken to out of a very edited sense and things of that nature. But even with micro-influencers and things that become very powerful marketing tools, you introduce the necessity of having an individual attached to that brand and individuals haven't gone through three rounds of editors. You know, so you're going to inevitably run into this kind of unpolished moment, I think, which, I mean, they've pulled Gen Zers and that's part of the allure, right, I, of unedited footage on YouTube and that unedited-ness yeah. <laughs> really needs to come through. And, um, you know, I, even as I kind of do things from the cause bar, um, you know, I, I am very much, you know, I, 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 I believe in aesthetics and I love when things look beautiful, but there are, are times where you'll see me and, you know, and I'm just like, Oh, you know, I'm <laughs> not, you know, you'll hear from my voice and it's like, Oh, I just, you know, did I say the right thing? Did I, did I say it the most eloquently, but it's okay. It's okay if you don't because you're real. And, um, and that's really what people want is just real. Yeah. Especially now, especially now, because you're usually behind a screen. There's some screen or there's some barrier between you and the brand. Um, so to kind of get an element of that real and authenticity and, and unedited uh, version of the brand um, is often very refreshing. Yeah, I love it. I'm addicted to it, but I'm not sure if that's just not a personality thing. <laughs> Hence this platform of the podcast. Um, because we launched into, you just mentioned the cause bar. Let's get into it. I first was hoping that you would tell us when it was launched and if you founded it solo or if you had co-founders and if you took any bootstrap or any funds or if you bootstrapped. Yes. Um, well, it started in 2018 on April 22nd, my 40th birthday. That's <laughs> nice. um, how I welcomed in you know, my 40s. Um, and, uh, you know, I get the question a lot of, did you always know you wanted to start your own thing? And the very short answer to that is no. Um, I was never one of those people that had always said, you know, I'm going to do my own thing and I'm going to be an entrepreneur. Um, you know, I was very good. As I said, you know, I loved, um, I loved what I had going on on the East Coast. I, you know, I was born and raised on the East Coast for 40 years. We moved out to LA where we now live as a family of four in 2018. And it was for my husband's work. He, um, he's in the music industry, he loves music. And um, we absolutely wanted to support his dream. Um, so, so here we were, and I didn't, there's no way I could have prepared for what that year was going to look like for me. Um, you know, I, I, it was not easy. It was not an easy move by any means for, for me. Personally, um, you know, I was so focused on my family and, you know, I have, I now, my kids are now three, uh, my daughter's three years old, my son is six. And so at the time we were moving a one-year-old and a four-year-old out across the country and we were leaving, you know, my family and my friends and my roots and everything that I knew, including my 
career where I was, you know, very well established and had this strong network. And I just came here to beautiful, sunny Los Angeles and it was hard. Um, you know, my kids adapted super quickly and my husband kind of just went right into his routine as he was very used to doing. And I was like, where am I? Like, what am I doing? Who am I? <laughs> where am I? Um, it was, it was, it was, um, it was an interesting time. And, um, and I really, you know, learned a lot about myself. Um, but what I, what I did was, um, you know, I had always known that I had a passion for the social impact space. I was always involved in it, you know, personally. And as I said, professionally, um, for, for years and personally, since, you know, since I was a little girl, um, but I also knew that I still had my brain and I still had my creativity and I still had my drive. And, um, and with that, I committed to launching something, um, called the cause bar and, um, and because that became kind of my foundation, it became my like best friend here <laughs> on the West yeah. coast that, that I didn't have. And so I created, um, this project, this passion project is really how it launched. So it was me, it was, it was just, it was me. It was, I didn't have any co-founders. Um, and it was really built on this, you know, on this opportunity that I identified again for, for several years. And I think that's, what's funny about it is now I can look back and, and realize that this has been actually kind of forming in my, in my head for years and in my heart. Um, but knowing the strong network of amazing people that I had, um, again, back on the East Coast at the time, and, you know, they would consistently come and ask me, you know, I want to get more involved, and I see you're involved with this organization, and how can I become involved in them? Or I saw you attended this event to support this cause, and, you know, I'd love to go know next time, because I didn't even hear about it, and I'd love to go, or I'm considering joining this, and, um, and for me, I realized, you know, so many of these opportunities, because I had kind of put myself in this space, um, I was surrounded by these opportunities and these invitations to come and learn more or join, you know, communities, or as I became more invested and supportive of certain missions, invited to sit on the council, or as an advisor on the board of certain um, organizations. And so I was recognizing that I was becoming this you know, trusted resource for mm -hmm. a very intelligent group of women um, that wanted to get more involved. And, um, and I saw a real need there. I saw an opportunity for people that wanted to do more and just weren't quite sure where to begin. Um, they lacked a little bit of that, you know, motivation to do it because it's not an easy place to navigate. It's, it's not, there's like over 1.5 million I think we're up to 1.7 million organizations now um, to choose from. And, and so I was like, let me create somewhere. There has to be a bigger network than just my friends that keep asking me, what if I created something that, you know, was engaging and was motivational and was, um, you know, that had these easy, accessible tools and ways to get involved. And so um, the cause bar came to life and um and it's been highly driven by you know social media and um where i would put out these you know ideas on events that people can attend um high level information on causes that they may want to you know go deeper on or learn more about um you know 
some you know highlights on certain for purpose brands that they can select if they're in the market um you know so that they can really feel that you know and, and we believe that every action actually does make a difference and everybody has the ability to feel empowered that their action does you know kind of continue in that movement um and help support that movement um, and that's what the cause bar has been. And that's how the cause bar launched and lived for a good solid year, year and a half. And I was really, um, just surprised when I moved here at how people just really gravitate. I guess I wasn't surprised, but I it was just such a beautiful thing to see how, you know, people really gravitated towards it. And, um, um, you know, just people from all over, you know, telling me that they attended these events or became more involved and it was just it was beautiful to see and I knew that you know there was something there and um and so at the you know last year uh summer time I I think as one always does uh you know you think like how can I go deeper how can I do more mm -hmm. and um and what's really kind of you know what's where is that opportunity for me to do that and that's when um, I added this next layer to the business um, through a program that we're calling Set the Bar. And that's really identifying the woman that has proactively said to me, um, you know, several times in, in the past, you know, year and two years saying, you know, my giving, I move the needle in so many other aspects of my life. And whether that's in my career or in my home or as it pertains to my health, when it comes to giving back, this is something that right now I still feel in a place where I am just doing, and I'm not sure if my hours spent, my dollars spent, are are really having an impact. I'm not sure, you know, not hundred percent sure where my dollars are going. I don't know if they're really making the difference that I want to see, and that doesn't sit well for what have become members of this of set the bar the new program that um just launched this year <laughs> um and it's a and based program right so mm -hmm. can you differentiate so the cause bar originally it sounds like it was very informative there were some dates events things of that nature a lot of information and education based on did you have a way first of all that you um that you represented specific causes or charities like was it were there runs represented that that feed into charities those types of things or was it kind of based on what you personally were had in your own orbit both both okay. so we really you know paid attention to certain times of the year certain holidays i really was speaking to everyone i mean things that everybody was doing right so we would talk about wellness and we talk about wellness workouts for a cause if there's a soul cycle challenge um you know for a specific cause or the marathon if you can if you want to join and support a certain cause or athletic brands that have a portion going towards a cause um or we played into um parenting and toddler and baby um you know ways to volunteer with your toddler or your high school you know um yeah your high school, you know, your teenager, uh, son or daughter, or your, you know, how do you volunteer as the parent of a newborn or a baby? Like, what can you do, you know, and um, how to raise a do-gooder. So we kind of played into themes that we know everyone was thinking about because not everybody's waking up in the morning and saying, 
how can I do good today? Right. But right. most people were waking up in the morning saying, you know, am I going to get to the gym today? What am I cooking for dinner? What am I doing this evening and, and this weekend? So it was those things that, you know, everybody was, had plans for the weekend and we would pepper in, consider some of these local events that have, um, you know, a, big, a higher purpose, right. That you can attend and support or learn more. Um, and, you know, and whether it was holidays or, you know, the Oscars and the green carpet, you know, awareness. And uh, there were so many different ways that we would play into certain themes that, again, we knew everybody would support. And then obviously things that I was attending and could support. And so and then the set the bar came along and it sounds like you were paying attention to people who were concerned about their um, bottom hour um, or bottom dollar making like the greatest impact or trying to assess those things out. Is that correct? Yeah, like the best way that I guess I can describe them is like, there's just these badass women, right? That just have so much to bring to the table. And it is so much more beyond just the check. Um, they're like, listen, like I'm, I, I'm highly intelligent. I'm highly skilled, highly experienced. I run companies, I run divisions. I've, you know, I, 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 I don't know, I'm a partner in a law firm. Um, and they're like, how can you really align me and everything that I come to the table with to really make a difference, but in a transformative way? And I, and I, and that's really, you know, kind of this place that we now, that we were very much sitting in is that I look at it as very intelligent philanthropy and just the, the future of philanthropy is how to align what you're passionate about and who you are as a person. Because when you sit behind that with your heart and your mind and everything else, like the power that comes through that is exponential compared to what you're doing to just kind of check a box and, um, and and just do and these these women aren't that doesn't sit well for them they aren't comfortable in a place where they're just doing um for the sake of doing they really want to have their own authentic mission and meaning behind what they're doing and that's where my work comes in is to identify what that is for them and it's it's so much of the work that I used to do professionally where I was doing brand alignment for my clients, but I was doing it for brands and I was doing it for companies. Um, and it's incredible to see these women come to a place where, you know, they either are feeling a bit, you know, overwhelmed by some of the things that they've been supporting. There have been several causes that they support, but it's because they've been supporting them for several years. And, they're like, do I still feel this attached to this cause? Or I feel extremely attached to this cause. How do I go deeper? How do I make a, how do I make a change, not just to see a change like that, but to, to really solve on a long-term solution? I know I'm not going to see the results tonight, but I know that I'm a part of a longer-term solve for this cause that I truly believe in. And, um, and so it's really cool to see them kind of step into this place that they can really say, you know, this is who I am. And this is, this is how I'm going to be the most effective through my giving. Yeah. I mean, it's an amazing matchmaking, um, opportunity that you've tapped into and it must be cited and said, um, just for everyone listening to the audience that doesn't know enough about me, this podcast started out as that exact same endeavor for myself. It was a philanthropic moment where I was, 
um, very concerned about giving something um, on a weekly you know, basis that would hold a space and a platform for women to learn from one another. And um, it was out of the same thing. It was this concept of I wanted to utilize all of my skills and connections and resources in a more meaningful way, you know, instead of, like you say, it feels very empty. And um, I don't want to say this and sound crass or gauche, but writing a check can feel very empty and being privileged enough to write one is a beautiful thing. But in the end, you know, there is this need, I think, within everyone, um, I, I'd like to believe on earth to kind of have more of an impact. And this matchmaking that you're doing sounds um, astronomically um, apropos for the age that we're in. I'm wondering, do you, um, it, it seems like there would be a branding uh, matchmaking moment where if you do have someone who, let's take litigation, a lawyer who's you know um, a partner of a law firm and wildly skilled, do you have, and, and you find out that they have an affinity towards a specific kind of charity, do you then approach the charity and find out if they would like that name or that face identified with them? Or is it just more about your client being the, the powerful um, woman? So my work is kind of, is definitely divided into two places. Um, and the first part of my work is the strategic alignment with my clients. And that's when they are looking for that clarity on their vision and how they can move in, like we create for them a mission statement that's very much, you know, has to do with their value alignment, um, you know, um, measurable action steps that they can be begin taking as soon as we're done working together. That client then has the opportunity to continue to go deeper with me where I work with them on what I like to say is a little bit more of the implementation and execution where then I can go and do everything. It's a little consultation, a little concierge-ish um, <laughs> where I then go and can source and vet um, the causes and whether that's for-profit or non-for-profit, we really look at it as a for-purpose or not-for-purpose mm. approach. Um, and and that's when that's when the really even deeper matchmaking happens because that's when I can then, you know, approach these organizations and causes and really we figure out like what is it that they really need and how can potentially my members support that on a deeper level through skills, experience, times, connection, dollars, affiliations, whatever. Um, it's building out that giving strategy for them. I will then say Additionally, uh, our members um, often, well, I won't say often yet, we've had it on two occasions so far, um, where an organization comes to us, we host, you know, highly curated experiences for my members. And it's because they, you know, they really want the environment to be set where they know they're, they're making a difference in every moment that they're spending. So I will curate an experience for them, whether it's a volunteer activation or, a mastermind session where an organization will come to us with a high, you know, uh, I'll say one-off high impact, you know, challenge or opportunity that's coming up for them that they really could benefit from my members' experience and skills from the various industries that they're in. So that's how my members also come in and give their time um, to be involved in these mastermind sessions. And it really is benefiting both parties because the organization is tapping into this like beautifully, you know, curated table of, you know, 
of women that have so much to bring to the table that, you know, organizations, you know, many don't have that at their disposal. Um, you know, they are often, you know, limited in staff and limited in marketing dollars and risk factor and, you know, all of, uh, we know the challenges. So, um, so it's kind of this beautiful, like coming together where I'm really bridging the gap and being able to bring the causes to be able to leverage, but then my members being able to give back in a much more um, elevated way in a way that they love to give is through their minds. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I think attaching, you know, um, labor hours given with skill is, you know, instrumental with impact level. So I, I, I think it's awesome. I'm wondering, you just launched, you know, the new phase with 2020 set the bar um, and the referral based program. But if you uh, how do you have a three year plan for what you'd see to like kind of unfold with that program? Do you yeah. do you have goals on the horizon that you've looked towards? Yeah, I mean, it's so funny because a lot of things are already happening that um, that just feel really organic. And I, I believe in um, I believe in that th those things happen for some kind of reason. So I'm I'm already being approached by, you know, I'll say new opportunities where the relationship can extend beyond even um, what I'm offering to my clients and where I'm able to build partnerships with others that have specific uh, strengths that are not in my wheelhouse. You know, I think, you know, we're all capable of probably a lot of things, but really, truly my, my strength is identifying the purpose and the mission for my clients um, and being able to give them that, that strategy and create that plan for them so that they can go and execute on that most effectively. However, some of my clients do have a larger platform and, um, you know, as it pertains to how to, we, we talked about this earlier, but how to share that message outward on the larger platform, you know, that, that requires more of a social impact agency strategy and, um, there's conversations in, you know, going on right now on who I can then guide my clients to go, um, you know, continue their work in that regard. Um, I think there's, you know, potential for higher connections with those that are already in the space and really um, solving for some of, you know, societies like biggest problems and biggest issues that, you know, I see the potential for real collaboration there and um, bringing to the table, you know, this network of women that, you know, that I've, you know, that I have and that I've built and continue to build. I think that um, there's tremendous opportunity there too. So you're right. It's still so fresh and still so new, but with every single thing that happens and every meeting that I have and every new member that comes in, it's just bringing in um, more and more opportunity and more clarity on which path to take. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, and, and with that transition and being open to new things and things of that nature and everything being so fresh right now, I'm curious if you ran up to, if, if you were in the park or a garden tomorrow and um, a woman or a, a female identified non-binary individual came up to you and said, listen, I've had this, you know, incredible career in branding and marketing. It's been great fun. I've, I've done multidisciplinary, multi-industry, you know, work, and I'm going to launch 
this um, startup kind of philanthropically based tomorrow, what are the top three pieces of advice you would give that person? Um, so she's starting her own brand marketing agency? Um, no, just exactly doing what you did. She's moved cross country. She's like, I'm going to do this philanthropic endeavor. And it's not identical to what you're doing, mm -hmm. but the top three pieces of information you wish you had started or had when you started out this journey. Mm. Okay. Yeah. I would say, um, first and foremost, when you start anything, um, you know, absolutely be sure that you love it and that you have such passion behind it because there are as any, you know, as any entrepreneur will tell you, um, there are such highs and such lows and, um, and sometimes the lows will make you want to stop. And, mm -hmm. um, and the thing that keeps you going is your passion. And um, if that is there and your real belief and your conviction towards what you're doing is there, you will not stop. Um, but you'll be tempted sometimes. Uh, and then my next thing would be um, to just start. You know, I think everybody, if somebody asked me that too, like what, what was like the best advice you were ever given. And it was by this random guy that my husband and I met on our honeymoon. And he, we were on our honeymoon. He was like, when are you having kids? I'm like, we just got married maybe 48 hours ago. So, um, and he's like, well, you're never really going to be ready. You know, I mean, let's, let's just call it like it is. Nobody's ever actually hundred percent ready to have kids. And, um, and I was like, he's, right because even like down to like the minute before i was like did i do this and that you know like you're never really a hundred percent ready and i think instead of focusing so hard on like crossing all the t's and dotting all the i's because things are going to change but if you just start and you just start putting things into motion again like i said you can adapt right and it's just once you start creating and you see what's working and what drives you um it'll start to form but don't have to keep waiting, waiting, waiting. Um, my third thing would be, um, you know, I don't know if it necessarily pertains to, you know, starting a business, but it may, um, is, you know, I've through, I think more of the personal, um, you know, work that I went through and a lot of like the, the mental work that I went through, um, you know, both, you know, emotionally and energetically and physically, you know, through the, the biggest, you know, one of the biggest changes in my life and moving here um, was very much realizing that a lot of the, um, a lot of, you know, I'll say a lot of the challenges that have ever come up for me throughout my life, um, uh, what I used to think and look at as were more like a weakness or that made me different, um, have really come and rose to the top and have really served as my biggest strength now. Mm -hmm. um, and I think, you know, if anybody kind of starts something and they have any doubt because of a preconceived notion of who they are or, um, you know, a lacking in confidence in certain areas, it's to really, you know, do the work to identify like, why do you feel that way? And what kind of experiences made you feel that way? And, how have you used that to your benefit and use that as a strength um, as you've, you know, grown up and come into adulthood and how can you apply that into starting your own business? Because I've done that several times. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. 
I've got be sure you love what you do and you have passion because you're going to need it. Just start. No one ever is 100% ready and you can adapt as you go. And finally, strength can be masquerading as a weakness. So pay attention. Yes. Yes. Love it. We are out of time, which is a shame because I, I would love to just really get into further aspects of it. I will circle back around and convince you. I can be persuasive and I will find you next year and see if you will sit back down with us again, Christiana, and give us more information. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time and all of your information today. Um, we have been talking with Christiana Tarnuser. You can find her at thecausebar.com. And for more information regarding that, be sure to check out all of our social media. For everyone listening, thank you so much for your time. And until we speak again next time, remember to always bet on yourself. Sancho.